Look at Psalm 107. We've shared a lot about goodness so far, but what I'm doing now, and I started the last couple weeks, is that, and this is the, the thing that you need to understand, that a believer can position himself or herself so he or she can receive and experience the goodness of God. There are some things that you and I can do. What was the first thing? What was the thing that we've been sharing about the last couple of weeks that you, that you can do, that you, that you need to do, if you want to position yourself to experience God's goodness? Fear God. Walk in reverential fear, which includes worshiping God. If you'll have that attitude towards God, you'll experience His goodness. We said a wise man fears and departs from evil. Now, in Psalm 107, I want to look at verse 8, and there are, there are a number of things. We're going to look at one, one, just one today, and we'll start with one. If we don't get finished, we'll pick up next time. But look at uh, Psalm 107, and look, let's look at verse 8. Oh, that man would give thanks to the Lord for his what? Goodness. And for his wonderful works to the children of man, for he satisfies the, what kind of soul? Longing soul. Oh, Lord, I thirst for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land, the psalmist says. So he satisfies the longing soul. Now look at, and he fills the hungry soul with goodness. He fills the hungry soul with goodness. Now, we're going to go through the scripture. I hope you have a Bible. Anyone here today need a Bible? I had a number of Bibles given to me the last few days. So we'll, we've got some really nice Bibles. Um, look at Luke 1. Luke chapter 1. I'm going to go through a few scriptures that admonish us or Give us examples about the hungry soul. This is the song of Mary in Luke chapter 1 in verse 53. Luke chapter 1 verse 53. Okay, did you find that? Now find, put your finger there, now find Matthew chapter 5. So we can go right to Matthew chapter 5. Luke chapter 1, verse 53 states, and this is the words of Mary, prophetic utterance. It says, he has filled the what? The hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has filled the hungry with good things. What are we talking about? Experiencing the goodness of God. Now look at Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6, the Beatitudes. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Filled to the top. When I went to, to see John at the nursing home, and uh, he didn't know me, and I was feeding him. And I spent a half hour feeding him. It was a slow process. 
we got to the point he looked at me. I, he didn't even recognize me, but he says, I'm filled to the top. Filled to the top, he said. That's the way we should be with the things of God. It says, for they shall be filled. Now look over a chapter. Look at Matthew 4. Matthew 4 and verse 4. The, the words of Jesus. And he answered and said in verse 4, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So is the word of God important? Is natural food important? Sure it is. But we need to be hungry for the word of God. Now look at 1 Peter chapter 2. And I'm going to give you a definition of, of, of spiritual hunger. 1 Peter chapter 2. These are all familiar passages. First Peter chapter 2 says, Therefore laying aside, verse 1, all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So there should be a desire for the pure milk of God's word. Why? Well, the rest of the, the verses... Why? That you may what? Grow. You Just like you need food in the natural to grow, especially as an infant is developing physically, but you need to develop spiritually. I need to grow spiritually, and it's going to take the word of the Lord once a week. Every day, you and I, our nose needs to be in the book, even though we don't like it, even though, you know, how many of you eat some things you don't like? Because you, you, you know you, you got to grow. You, there's some things you, you know, my wife right now, we're eating one of those kind of leaves you're getting out of the garden. Beet leaves and, and kale. You ever had that? It's good for you. You know, and and she's real good about making sure Mike is very strict on it. He's got a regimented diet that he follows. He eats healthy. You know, I eat healthy too. Casey's donuts every day. I'm the epitome of health. But if you're gonna if you're gonna grow, you've got to eat right. And it's the same way spiritually. If you're not in the Word of God and, and feasting on the Word of God, it doesn't mean you have to read 45 chapters a day, but something that feeds your spirit. Now look at John 6. John chapter 6. Just giving you a few scriptures to build a foundation on, on the need to, to be hungry for God. John 6 and verse 32 Jesus here again said, most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the what kind? The true bread from heaven for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life and he who comes to me shall never hunger and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Jeremiah 15, 
In verse 16, the prophet says, your words were found and I did eat them and your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. See, I I think a lot of us as Christians, we're not happy, we're not joyful, there's no rejoicing because we're not feasting on the word. Oh, I just sense a wall go up. But it's the truth. Amen. You've got to feast on the word of God. Now, let me give you a definition of spiritual hunger. I found this years ago and wrote it down and I found it in my notes. Hunger is not a mental craving to see the spectacular. That is merely a soulish desire. True hunger is an appetite for God that becomes a driving force. It is a divine yearning for what is missing in life. It is a divine yearning for what is missing in life. Some of us here today, there's some things missing in our life. It becomes a driving force, spiritual hunger, becomes a driving force to see anything that is not like God, touched by his hand and transformed. It is this hunger that is one of the prime prerequisites to revival. We're just talking about how Apostle Mike talked about a revival in America. Well, what precedes revival? Spiritual hunger. When you and I become aware of what is missing in our spiritual life, now listen, because this is important. When you and I receive or become aware of what is missing in our spiritual life, it should never be an opportunity for discouragement. How many of you would say today, you know, well, maybe I shouldn't even have you raise your hands, but just, you don't need to raise your hands. I don't want to embarrass anybody, put anybody on the spot. You know, if we were a church of 5,000, you could do that. But but there's some things that maybe are missing in your life. But it says, when you and I become aware of what is missing in our spiritual life, it should never be an opportunity for discouragement. Missing links are instead a divine call to hunger to see them restored. I'm not satisfied. When we, I'm so thankful we can come to church and worship God in, in, in freedom. But, I, you know, I remember services in, in the early days and th- things were different. And it's, it's different today in the American church. It's not what it should be. So there's some things need to be restored to the house of the Lord It says, "What spiritual this? The, um, when you and I become aware of what is the missing in our spiritual life, it should never be an opportunity for discouragement. Missing links are instead a divine call to hunger to see them restored. So, if there's some missing links in your life today, cry out to God that they be restored. Now, what does spiritual hunger produce? It produces a desire to see a hurting humanity helped." Was Jesus moved with compassion when he saw the multitudes? What did he do? He healed them. He provided for them. Compassion flowed. We watched a movie last night, and I won't even tell you the name of the movie, but because it was very graphic, but it was on um, how the children are exploited in Sudan, and, and these children are taken as slaves and put into an army to fight 
and to kill and to murder. And in the beginning of the movie, it showed a little boy, and the rebel forces came in, and the rebel boy was given a big stick, and he had to kill his mother. And he killed his mother. And the mother was going like this as he, the little boy stood up, up before him, and he killed her. In it, that's bad. We don't even realize what's going on in the world. But we need to recognize there's a hurting humanity out there, and we need to do what we can to help. What are we doing with Tim Tebow? You know, everybody should be waiting in line to sign up to help and do something for that event. That's a wonderful event. But when you're spiritually hungry, it produces a desire to see a hurting humanity helped, which serves to identify the need of the hour. Number two, spiritual hunger motivates people to move toward God and all that is right. So when you're spiritually hungry, it, it, it causes you to get in step with God and move towards the things of God again and cry out for those things to be manifested in your life. Number three, spiritual hunger, it promotes the recognition that a signal is being given by the Holy Spirit for a new season of God to begin. I want to see a new season of God. But what it's going to take is spiritual hunger hunger on my part and your part. Spiritual hunger, it causes us to long for the things of God that are not present in our lives to fulfill that hunger. There's some things in our lives that are, there's some things that are not in our lives that we need to realize that and then move towards that end objective of, of, of meeting with God and hooking up with God again. Real spirit, now listen to this, this is good. Real spiritual hunger will always crucify pride. So that which is real can manifest itself. See, the church is full of very proud Christians that will not humble themselves and say, you know, I recognize there's a missing link here. I'm not where I should be. I'm not doing the things I should be doing. And they resist that. Well, that's pride. And that's what got Lucifer thrown out of heaven. And that's what prevents a move of God is pride because basically pride says, I don't need you, God. I don't need the things of God. I can do it. Real spiritual hunger will always crucify pride. So if, if you don't want pride in your life, what do you and I need to do? We need to humble ourselves. And a, a good, good start would be, Father, forgive me if there's any pride in my life that is resisting you. Lord, by your spirit, reveal it to me. I humble myself. I cry out to you today. God, stir my heart. God, make me spiritually hungry. Father, I want to be more hungry for you. I repent of sin in my life, the sin of of rejecting you, the, the sin of not coming to you when I need to. See, that's the way we need to cry out. Matthew 5, 6, I just read it to you, but here's a translation. A little different translation of Matthew 5, 6. God invokes a divine favor in increasing proportion 
upon those who hunger and crave continually for those things that are totally right in his eyes. The result is they shall be filled and fulfilled with those right things. Let me say something. And listen to me. There are a lot of unfulfilled Christians. Unfulfilled Christians. You need to be filled with the things of God. Then you will be fulfilled. God invokes a divine favor. What are we talking about? We're talking about you and I positioning ourselves so we can experience the goodness of God, the blessings of God. The first one was walking in reverential fear, and the second one is being spiritually hungry. I want to be filled with the right things. John G. Lake, as some of you know who he was, great apostle of God in Africa, many miracles the turn of the 20th century, and this is his commentary on spiritual hunger. He says, my text tonight is, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. When are you going to be filled? When you're hungry. Are you going to be filled if you're not spiritually hungry? Are you going to experience the blessings and the goodness of God if you're not spiritually hungry? No. Hunger is a mighty good thing. It is the greatest persuader I know of. It is a marvelous mover. Nations have learned that you can do most anything with the populace until they get hungry. But when they get hungry, you want to watch out. There's a certain spirit of desperation that accompanies hunger. I wish we all had it spiritually. I wish to God we were desperately hungry for God. Wouldn't it be glorious? Somebody would get filled before this meeting is over. It would be a strange thing if we were all desperately hungry for God, if only one or two got filled in a service. Blessed are they which do hunger. Say that with me. Blessed are they which do hunger. Say it once more. Blessed are they which do hunger. Righteousness is just the rightness of God, the rightness of God in your spirit, the rightness of God in your soul, the rightness of God in your body, the rightness of God in your affairs, in your home, in your business, everywhere. God is an all-around God. His power operates from every side. The artists paint a halo around the head of Jesus to show there's a tradition, a radiation of glory from his person. They might just as well put it around his feet or any part of his person. It is the radiant glory of the indwelling God radiating, radiating out through the personality. There's nothing more wonderful than the indwelling of God in the human life. The supremest marvel that God ever performed was when he took possession of those who were hungry. Blessed are they which do hunger. Now, this is interesting. I will guarantee to you that after the crucifixion of Jesus, there were 120 mighty hungry folks at Jerusalem. Think so? Mm-hmm. I do not believe that they had not been mightily hungry. They would have gotten so glorious filled. It was because they were hungry that they were filled. Let that sink in. 
We are sometimes inclined to think of God as mechanical, as though God set a date for this event or that to occur. But my opinion is that one of the works of the Holy Ghost is that of preparer. He comes and he prepares the heart of men in advance by putting a strange hunger for that event that has been promised by God until it comes to pass. The more I study history and prophecy, the more I am convinced that when Jesus Christ was born into the world, he was born in in answer to a tremendous heart cry on the part of the world. The world needed God desperately. They wanted a manifestation of God tremendously. And Jesus Christ, as the deliverer and savior, came in answer to their soul cry. Daniel says that he was convinced by the study of the books of prophecy, especially that of Jeremiah, that the time had come when they ought to be delivered from their captivity in Babylon. The 70 years was fulfilled, but there was no deliverance. So he diligently set his face to pray it into being. One man prayed, and it changed a whole nation. Do you think there are more than one, one man praying for our nation? Then why would God neglect us? He's no respecter of persons. Here's what I want you to get. If it was going to come to pass mechanically on a certain date, there would not have been any necessity for Daniel to get that awful hunger in his soul so that he fasted and prayed in sackcloth and ashes that the deliverance might come. No, sir. God purposes. God's purposes come to pass. When your heart and mind get the real God cry and the real God prayer comes into our spirit and the real God yearning gets hold of our nature, something is going to happen then. Blessed are they which do hunger. He says, brethren, begin to pray to get hungry. So, yes, pastor, I want to walk in the goodness of God. I want to be used of God and and demonstrate his goodness to to others. Well, then you need to walk in the fear of the Lord, and you need to get hungry for God. Can I say something? I won't offend you. You're not hungry enough. I'm not hungry enough. Bottom line. That's why a lot of us are miserable people. Because we're just not hungry enough. 